Hello and welcome to another episode of Cavell Cloud Conversations. I'm your host, Finn Good Begley, Senior Research Analyst at the Cavell Group, and I'm joined today by Mark Bunnell, who is the Chief Operating Officer at New Wave. Say hello, Mark. Hello. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Mark. Um, why don't you start off just by giving everyone a bit of an introduction to New Wave? Uh, I'm sure people have heard your name before, but let's make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, Mark Bunnell. I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at New Wave. So I handle all the day-to-day -day operations of the global business, the customer experience, and then the architecture of our iPilot software platform. And New Wave is a uh, voice-focused carrier. Uh, we've been around since 1998, and uh, we also deploy our iPilot software platform, which is a full-service delivery platform that enables uh, uh, operators, uh, partners, uh, SIs, and, and the like with uh, full deployment of uh, Teams, Operator Connect, and, and direct routing, uh, Zoom uh, phone, as well as uh, Cisco WebEx. Brilliant. Now, that's quite interesting because a lot of the companies that we speak to, um, you know, have chosen to focus on one platform, like working with Teams through Operator Connect. But you say your companies actually decide to go with all three major platforms in the market. So what's the main driver between choosing that that sort of breadth of, uh, of focus? Well, I think that it's really customer demand and being future proofed. Um, you know, when you have, a, you know, carrier operators where we focus, you know, tier ones and, and tier twos and such, you know, they they want to make sure that when they select a platform that they, you know, have the ability to, to do others. And so, you know, we want to make sure that if when they're bringing their own voice, it doesn't really matter, you know, to them who their end user customers choose from a UC platform perspective. They just want to make sure that they're providing the voice to whoever their customers want to choose. So, you know, again, it's about having choice and flexibility. Hmm. And also we're in this sort of middle of a market where companies are acquiring other companies, lots of sort of roll up of smaller service providers and even end user companies apply, acquiring different ones in the in the business. And often you end up with this, this tapestry of different sort of voice providers. Uh, and it sounds like you're kind of trying to tackle that need of handling this cross ecosystem uh, post acquisition sort of patchwork feeling. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, we have a lot of customers that have teams, they may have, you know, zoom as well from the pandemic, where they have a bunch of, you know, video licenses and such, they may go acquire, you know, a company that has, you know, Cisco WebEx, um, they may have an on premise phone system that they want to migrate from, from from, a, you know, SIP trunking perspective, or be connected to contact centers. And so, you know, really, you know, iPilot is so robust, because we've listened to our customers that have actual use cases, uh, that, that, you know, they're feeling the pain out there in the world. And so what we've done is we've taken that feedback and, and developed iPilot in such a way that, you know, we can handle really complex use cases. We can, you know, migrate from one system to another. We can incorporate all of them together in the same user interface. So it's really easy for the customer. And we've designed it in such a way that if you have all three UC platforms, that the screens and the, and the workflows and everything are identical. So that the training that goes into it is really, you know, robust and easy for, you know, end users to be able to, you know, use and adopt. And we have about, you know, 76% or so of our customers do in fact self-serve. So that's a testament to how easy we've made the portal, how intuitive it is. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the main struggles that people have with these sorts of platforms is management, cross-platform management, and sort of handling that broad ecosystem with different teams on different platforms. It sounds like you've simplified that quite a bit. Yeah, so it's really interesting because I was on a call, you know, about two weeks ago or so with a, a really large multinational organization. 
Um, talking about multi-platform, talking about collapsing some of their infrastructure in other countries, you know, eliminating their SBCs and bringing their voice directly into our network and using iPilot to control our network as if it was theirs. And one of the key points that they made that I hadn't really heard before is that, you know, globally, from a staff perspective, mm-hmm. you know, they're hiring really young people, right? And people that, that don't have the breadth of knowledge from a, a voice infrastructure standpoint, they don't know TDM, they don't know voice very well. And what they're what they're used to doing is operating, you know, websites and portals and things like that. And so, you know, it was really interesting to hear that they need a solution like iPilot to where it's all portal driven. It does all the automation for them because the the, the people that are in the workforce are younger and, and more used to this type of operation. And who cares how complex it is behind the scenes? They need something simple and intuitive to be able to operate that, you know, for those global organizations. And I actually find this really interesting because from our own research, you know, we said, we asked people recently at end users in the enterprise, who are you asking when you're going to buy your telecom solutions now? Like who's actually being consulted? And whereas before in, in years gone by, you'd have been had a technical team CIO led decision and other people wouldn't necessarily be consulted. Now we're seeing lots of companies bringing in the C-suite to learn about business outcomes. But also we had about a fifth of companies responding saying they just ask all of their employees. So we're actually moving into a, a paradigm where, you know, whether a platform works and whether you adopt it actually is whether it resonates with everyone who works at your company and how easy it is to use, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's going beyond just the, do I like it as a technical person? So that kind of resonates to what you said. When young people come into an organization, they're going to say, can I use this? Do I know how it works? And if it's too complicated for them, they're going to say, why can't we use something simpler, right? Right, exactly. I mean, it's kind of taking a page out of Apple's book, right, where it's really complex, you know, behind the scenes, but on the front, you're just touching icons and, you know, you're just using it. And that's the similar focus that we have, you know, with our iPilot software platform is we don't really care how complex we have to make it behind the scenes, but it has to be intuitive and, and really user friendly. And uh, we've, we've, you know, kind of compacted a, a mountain of features into, you know, really easy to use, you know, just point and click type of system that just does all the work on the back end. And do you find like after you've deployed iPilot, are, st- are people happy with that or are they still moving to say switch their user base from being three different platforms to one platform? You know, what kind of trend are you seeing with that? You know, it, if I'm looking at a 2000 person company and they've got t- teams and WebEx, are they going to become an all teams house in the next few years or are they going to keep both of them? Like what sort of patterns are there? Well, really what we're seeing is that um, they have the intent that they want to consolidate down into one platform. Um, they don't really know what string to pull, you know, to to make that happen. And so what we found is that a lot of companies will just move over to iPilot. They'll have all the, you know, the systems kind of separate and they'll move the user base over to be able to manage it with the intent that they're going to migrate to one platform, which we have all the move tools and that's definitely possible. But then what we find is that once people start using iPilot, that they say, well, we kind of, because it's so easy for us to manage, we then look to see, you know, what does our user base want? Because you have some people that, you know, really understand Teams and how to use it. And then others that say, well, I don't want to learn Teams. I already know how to use WebEx. Mm. 
you know, or Zoom. And so then they say, we give them the option to stay where they are, where they're at, because we can also combine all three of those systems into basically one phone system with all the on-net routing and the user experience. And so we actually can make it to where, you know, one, two or three of them can be, you know, used together um, as one phone system. So the need to migrate to one or the other doesn't really exist anymore once they get the, uh, the functionality of iPilot down. So then they have the choice to stay wh where they're at and, and or move. And so, you know, we don't really, you know, see uh, an overwhelming need for people to just choose one platform. I think that's quite interesting because I think that that transformation from one platform to another after an acquisition is something that has come up time and time again, you know, through Cavell's own M&A and, you know, due diligence reviews when we look at companies and we're like, well, they've got this huge technical debt of transformation that's going to come up. So I think it's very interesting to tackle that um, from a business perspective. Yeah, I mean, you, you get, you know, those pieces, but then when you start talking about, yes, I here's here's the three UC platforms, but also, you know, if they have on-premise SBCs or an on-premise phone system and you want to hook up SIP trunks to that, or you want to do trunks out to your contact center provider and you want to be able to manage. So it's not just the UC platforms, but we have added on top of it all the other kind of, you know, feature sets that, that businesses have in their organization because no no two companies are the same, right? They all have different service providers, they have different needs. And so we've been able to mix and match all of those different pieces. So then you say, well, I want to connect to this contact center or that contact center. Well, we have, you know, trunks into all of them. So you, you can pull those in. If you want to do call recording with, uh, you know, Dubber or Call Cabinet or ASC, you know, any of those, you can select those. If I want to order equipment from, you know, these disties, you know, all of those things exist as well as being able to select and purchase calling plans from other third-party providers to round out your service offering. I mean, so whenever we get a use case that, that adds value to the system, we do that. And so you get to mix and match all of these different things together to, you know, to fit your environment and how you do business. And that way you don't have to go outside of the platform. You can just pull in on demand and order services now and the services are delivered in, in near real time. So it's not waiting 30, 60, 90 days for service orders to complete or you know, get more capacity. It's all actionable on demand purchasing inside of iPilot. And that's definitely what companies want in terms of a service that is reactive to their needs uh, as and when they have them. Um, one thing I think we talked about just sort of before the call was this um, this element of sort of security as part of your platform. I think mm -hmm. maybe before we dive into sort of what your capabilities are, I mean, do you want to give a bit of color to people who are listening who maybe aren't aware of the sort of threats that voice and the voice industry faces from a security perspective? And then maybe we can talk about how you sort of protect your users against those. Sure. I mean, and that's why we are getting a lot of companies that are kind of collapsing their infrastructure, um, you know, into ours and bringing their underlying providers into our network and, and using iPilot to control our network as if it was theirs is because of the security. You know, we're ISO certified. So we have 27001, 17, and 27701. So it starts there with having all the you know systems and protocols and things that protect you know our, our customers. But then it also goes into other things like DDoS mitigation, toll fraud detection and mitigation, you know, email alerts when when you know charges are running up you know abnormally on a particular customer to say, hey, are these legitimate calls or or do these need to be blocked? You know, real time analysis of those types of things to prevent, you know, toll fraud loss and things. Um, you know, so so those are all some of the you know things that we look for. 
you know, being able to do hacker detection and auto blocking in the firewalls when we see, you know, people trying to, you know, scan the network or brute force attack, you know, just those little things that we can do, you know, because, you know, customers, they're not necessarily security experts, right? They're just trying to run their business in whatever, you know, vertical they're in, and they're not trying to be telecom experts, but you kind of have to be these days with, with all the threats that are out there. And so they have to make sure that they're, you know, with a service provider that, that takes it very seriously and has these mitigation, you know, products and efforts, you know, automatically to help protect them. So they don't have to be an expert in, in every reach of, of security. Oh, for sure. I mean, and also with the rise of sort of out of the box security threats and things like that being available uh, and sort of the acceleration of security threats with the use of AI tools for coding and things like that, you know, providers very much have to be on top of their game so that their customers don't have to be. Uh, which mm -hmm. I think is quite interesting. Um, bringing up ChatGPT in kind of a nice uh, segue, if I say so myself, um, we're mm -hmm. <laughs> moving on to uh, the topic of AI. And I think it's always good to talk about what different companies in the comm space are doing in AI. Um, so I think you mentioned your company has some AI already deployed um, in your product. Uh, so do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we use AI for what it's good for right now, um, which is um, being able to ask it questions, you know, for our knowledge base and, you know, being able to help customers, you know, find things more quickly, use it for training items, um, you know, and, and we're also, you know, pushing the envelope, you know, in, in our lab and our, our development, you know, to start looking at some of the other things that it can do with voice activation, you know, auto provisioning. Um, we have a product coming out called Speakeasy. Uh, which is, you know, basically asking iPilot to do certain things and just have it automatically execute, you know, hey, I want to add more capacity or I want to, you know, add these phone numbers in this city or state and just be able to tell it what you want it to do and then have it auto provision, you know, those kind of things. So, you know, so that's kind of a little preview of some of the things that we're working on that are going to be, you know, continue to enhance and innovate, you know, what we're doing. Mm. And I mean, in the broader sort of comm space, obviously there's huge potential for AI, um you know is there anything that's sort of on your radar maybe not that you're going to commit to doing but that you've seen that you're just really interested about or you're wondering where's this going to go next you know I, I i look at it from a security standpoint in that you know right now you're starting to see some ai based hacker you know tools and things and i think that you know, if you're going to stay relevant and you're going to protect your customers is that you're going to have to start developing counters to that using AI to protect the network. And so kind of the the anti uh, AI hacking tools. And so, you know, those are some of the things that I think that not only us, but many others should be looking at just because it's an arms race. Yeah. And so if it, you, you can't be caught flat footed because once something happens, it's kind of too late. Yeah, I think that's very interesting and definitely a challenge, maybe not even just for the comms space, but every every sector is how do we stay ahead of people who are using tools to enhance the speed at which they develop and deploy threats, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of an ominous thing, um, but that's okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things we've looked into a lot at Cavell is that, you know, we're in this age of AI growth and development, but also people are kind of are kind of wary of it. Um, you know, there's this idea that, you know, companies are wary of AI just doing the wrong thing. And I know you said your own plan was to use it for what it's good at, but not sort of deploy it for things that aren't tested or trusted. You know, you're just you're going to take a very methodological approach to rolling out that kind of technology. Yeah, we have to protect our customers. I mean, we can't we can't just fill it full of information and then, you know, 
just turn it loose. Um, you know, there's been some early companies that have given it proprietary information just, you know, in their testing. And then all of a sudden, next thing they know, you know, that information is is out in the public. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a security violation. And so those are the things that are, are top of mind. We want to be, um, you know, just like everyone else. And we want to rush things out and we want to get, you know, new, you know, uh, envelope pushing kind of, you know, technologies and services and things to keep us relevant. But at the same time, we have to be really mindful of what data we put into it and how that information is shared, because, you know, we also don't want to um, breach the confidence of our customers either. Yeah. It's interesting just to chime in from Cavell's own research. So one of the things we asked at our most recent enterprise survey was, what are you most concerned about when it comes to the deployment of AI? And a lot of the companies responded and said, I'm worried that it's going to do something that's going to get me in trouble with regulators, in trouble with my customers, that's going to mean I've breached some data protection regulation. Mm -hmm. But what was quite amusing is that in the next question, we asked people whether they had a policy on AI usage. And about a fourth of a quarter of the companies said, yeah, we have a policy and, and our employees can use whatever public tools they want, you know? So uh, it's mm. kind of like this um, this balance of I can't I, I can't stop or my, my employees want to use ChatGPT to help them write things and, and do things. But on the other hand, I've got this worry that someone's going to type the wrong details in and then the platform's being trained with my, my sensitive information. So it sounds like you've got a good grasp on that as a provider. I think you have to as a provider in this day and age. Um, and I think, I don't know what, maybe I'll get your thoughts on this is that I think at some point your customers are going to start coming to you and say, what's your AI policy? What data are you letting into your systems? What systems are you using, you know, when you're working on my product and they're going to want you to document that so that they can go to their, you know, their customers and say, yeah, no, no, my whole supply chain is, is safe. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely have, uh, an AI policy. Um, we actually don't use any public versions. We only use the public commercial, or excuse me, private, you know, commercial versions, so that you know we're only putting you know data sources into it that we um, we want to, and and then we have a subset of our lab where we have a, a, some test data that we educate you know the AI with, just and we're not putting any customer data or anything like that. So we're happy to provide um, you know any kind of uh, information to our customers on what our AI policy is and how we go about you know training it and using it but um, we definitely don't give it any um, you know customer or you know really company information uh, we, we definitely make sure that we're using our test data to get the outcomes and, and testing that we want to do um, just just for those reasons because some of those fines are, are crazy like they can yeah. be company killers if you're not careful yeah, exactly. Well, it's good. I mean, as I say, it's quite interesting to me to hear companies where they start to realize that this is now a burden and something they're going to have to start working their way through. Uh, and I think you're very much ahead of the game on that, which is good to hear. Um, in terms of, I mean, any other predictions for the for the year ahead? What's 2024 going to bring to your industry? What, what change are you most excited for? I think we're really excited about, you know, bringing mobility across the uh, the platform. So you have like, you know, Teams Phone Mobile, you have, you know, WebEx One, um, you know, so, you know, or, or is it, sorry, WebEx Go, um, you know, for bringing mobility. I mean, because when you talk about uh, the U.S., for example, 65% or so are, are mobile um, first. And then when you start talking about emerging, you know, countries, that didn't put in all the copper infrastructure for landlines and things yeah, like that. Sure. You know, sometimes that's a hundred percent. So we think that you know, obviously, the mobility space is going to be you know huge in the future. Um, obviously, we've talked about AI, um, and then from from our perspective, 
just doing more of the same of what we have and expanding into the footprint. I mean, we, we have a very robust ecosystem. Um, you know, we have, you know, you, you would, you know, basically call that a marketplace, but our marketplace is not a some tile where you just get information and, and then contact those carriers. You know, we're doing partnerships and things where, you know, those, those partners are, are actionable inside of iPilot that you can procure and sign contracts and, and get service now from even third-party, you know, providers in other countries inside of iPilot so that a customer doesn't have to leave the system to get all of the things that they need, you know, right now um, for their for their environment. And so we're going to see that expand, that capability expand, you know, monumentally over the next couple of years. Okay. So if someone sees something cool they want, they need it to integrate with their voice, they could just go into the platform and, and get it for themselves. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then we're constantly adding, like, I mean, the platform is so robust that, you know, we've been in market with our software for seven years now. So it's tried and true. It's out there. Lots of, you know, over 400 partners and counting are, are using it today. And I'd like to say that it's by intelligent design and we're geniuses. But, you know, the fact of the matter is we're just good listeners. Mm-hmm. So our customers tell us, you know, what things move the needle for them. And so then, you know, because this is our platform, it's our code, it's it's our product. You know, we're able to very quickly make the determination. Yeah, that 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 means something. We need to add that, and so then we just add it. You know, so there aren't any barriers to anybody adopting our system. Yeah, and I think that's critical as well because a lot of the companies will say who have been in business maybe a bit longer might have a more of a technical debt built up, and they can't react as quickly to these these changing needs. You know, so I think the the ability to be agile to the changing needs of customers is kind of vital in this kind of market. Yeah, the, I think one of the key pieces that, that we're so top heavy from a engineer and developer standpoint, we have more developers and engineers in our in our company than anything else, you know, by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we make things work first. So we're not smoke and mirrors. We don't market it and talk about it before we have it. And so, you know, that I think that's pretty key is that when these companies out there, you know, operators and or end user businesses, they depend on their vendors to, you know, tell them what's what they have, what's accurate that they can count on because they're making decisions that impact the lives of their employees. And so we can't, you know, say that we have things that we don't have because then when you go to deploy it, you know, that company's made a, a, a cognizant business decision that they need what you say you have to be relevant and to plan their business and their future. And so that's the, we take that to heart and we make sure that, you know, anything that we talk about is actually working so that, you know, when they choose us, that they get it and they can plan accordingly with their business and, and we're not impacting their operations. And I think that heavily underscores mm-hmm. what's just become a reality of our industry, which is that the comms platform has moved from something that you use, you know, as just, well, I mean, you use all the time to something that drives business outcomes at every single step of the, the the way, every single moment of the day, you know, because everyone, as you say, is more mobile, more remote, you know, the ability to fluidly contact both internally and out, outside your organization means that, I mean, the entire strategy of the business revolves around making comms work in specific ways, getting your customers to contact you through certain channels, being accessible through the phone. And that was always true, but you know, the difference between it being true when they your customer expects to pick up and call a landline that someone might answer or they might get an answering machine versus what your customer expects when they know you've got a mobile phone in your pocket and their expectation is that they should be able to reach you on it right away, you know. 100%. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show. This has been a really interesting discussion. 
Um, you know, and I'm sure everyone has learned sort of a lot through through it. Uh, do you have any sort of final thoughts you'd like to share with people before we before we wrap up? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, if, if any, you know, customers, you know, partners, operators are, are looking for, you know, a complete solution, right, where they don't have to swivel chair, we'd, we'd love to have a seat at the table. Um, you know, we're not scared. We'll do POCs and, and things like that. We, we're happy to showcase our technology. All we need is is an opportunity to, you know, show what we do. And, and um, you know, when we do that, we, we just don't lose. There you go. And I think one of the things you mentioned to me as well when we were chatting before was just uh, about the, you know, free trial capabilities and things like that that were available and how you could use those to get on board with companies and show them what you've what you've got on offer before they commit. So, um, yeah, I think that something people should embrace if they're considering uh, this kind of solution. It seems like uh, New Wave is a good shout uh, in the business. Yeah, we're not entitled. We'll uh, we'll earn the business every day. There you go. That's a promise I think you can stick to, people. All right. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, as always, uh, Cavell Cloud Conversations uh, records its episodes once every uh, two weeks, event and travel permitting as we are analysts on the go. Uh, so you can come back to us on a regular basis for all sorts of communications and cloud-focused discussions. Um, if you have enjoyed this, do you know, like the video, subscribe on whatever podcast app or YouTube you're listening to this on. Um, and do give us feedback or, you know, if you're listening to this as an industry professional, if you'd like to come on the show, uh, do drop us an email uh, and we can have a chat. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll speak to you all very soon.